Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Modern Day Legends. Today we have Rafiq Aubed. She has a Juris degree from George Mason University, a Master's in Human Rights Study from Columbia University, a Master's in Speech and Language Pathology, and a Bachelor's in Arabic and Political Science. She also has a book named Baba, What Does My Name Mean? What a journey. Yes, <laughs> very long. So what, what made you go from degree to, to degree? Um, well, you know, I started out with my bachelor's because mm -hmm. that's just what you have to start out with. Um, when I was finished with my bachelor's degree, I knew I wanted to do something more in higher education. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I felt like a renegade, so I didn't want to do the traditional profession, any sort of traditional profession. And when I was researching, I came across this human rights studies mm -hmm. and I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. And it's in New York City. I have to do this. So I applied for that. Um, when I came to the end of my studies in New York City, which was the human rights studies, I felt like I had, I had matured a bit. So I realized maybe I should do a professional degree. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I thought it would actually help me because in law, uh, to understand the law would make me a better advocate for human rights. Yeah. So I ended up pursuing my law degree. And then I thought that was it. Um, when I got married and moved to Abu Dhabi, I was in between jobs and I also matured again. And I, and I had been a student activist my whole life mm -hmm. so i kind of wanted to get outside of that and i realized that i don't i i can study what i want without feeling like i'm cheating on my human rights yeah. side so i had always had this interest in speech language pathology mm -hmm. and i found that i could do an online program through a, a university in the u.s and i decided to pursue it and that's how wow. I ended up where I am now. Okay. Um, so what human rights activity do you do? Like what, uh, what programs did you participate in? So in undergrad, I started a student organization called Nakba 48, where we were going to raise awareness about Palestine. Mm -hmm. So all of my time was dedicated to that. Uh, at, at Columbia, I worked with local human rights organizations. Um, one was called Witness, where they helped local populations document on film what was happening in their areas. And then I also worked with a group called Alauda, the Right to Return mm -hmm. Coalition. And I did more community-based activities as well with Arab American community centers. And then in law school, I started the Arab Law Students Association, and we brought a lot of speakers to talk about Palestine as mm -hmm. well and um, different issues that related to us. Okay, um, I'm going to take you back in memory lane. In 2014, okay. you're an article on why we should solve poverty on a global scale. Oh, yeah, yeah. To the Famous City <laughs> News Herald. What an interesting question. Yeah, so. When I was in Abu Dhabi and in between my jobs, I found this um, position where I could work remotely with this group called the Borgen Project, and mm -hmm. their whole aim is to end global poverty. Yeah. So we were. I had to write like around four or five articles a week, and that was one of them. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And and I I really wanted to get it in our in our local paper and just you know help spread some awareness and education in the area so do you think it's actually possible like do you think a, a government should be in control of global poverty 
I think that they have a role to play for sure. Um, Nothing is impossible and we should all do what we can to help Mm -hmm. end it in any way that we can. So any, to me, any small step we take is better than nothing. So how would you even attempt at it? Like, how would you, how would like a, you know, Uh, I don't know. I haven't I haven't sat down to think of like an actual plan of how that would happen. But I definitely think that it should start locally, like on a local level Mm -hmm. and then expand. So each community should um, work to implement different programs or um, uh, something that would help their local population to get out of the poverty that they're Mm -hmm. in. So you think every community should have play their part? Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's it starts within the community and within the government. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's everyone plays a role. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. Uh, Finally, I want to ask you about your book. Um, What interesting title? I mean, what was the process of picking that name? You know, what was what? Well, what does my name mean? So I've always struggled with my name. Okay. (laughs) It was kind of like on a personal thing, personal level. Um, but the, the book actually focuses on a girl whose name is Samida, mm-hmm. which has a very deep meaning. Um, and Samida, her dad tells her it means someone who is patient, persistent, and someone who perseveres. And that they named her this because she's a Palestinian. Mm-hmm. And so in order for her to understand the meaning behind her name, she goes, or the connection to her name in Palestine, she goes on this magical journey to mm-hmm. Palestine and learns about its history and what different cities are known for and in doing so she is left in the end she's left inspired by everything she learned and she wants to take that and help educate other people about palestine's true history Mm -hmm. and she's also left feeling very hopeful that through her efforts she can help aid in the liberation of palestine and so the, the word Samud, which is how I thought of her name, Samida, is actually something um, that has become a very Palestinian term. It's a very Palestinian characteristic, and it means steadfastness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it describes exactly what the Palestinian people are. They've been so steadfast against this violent colonial project that's, that has aimed to destroy them, and they're still standing. So was there any other title that you would like, you know, deciding upon? (laughs) You know, I thought about a lot of other titles um, because Baba, what does my name mean is very long. I know it's a long title, but in the end, and I asked a lot of family and friends, but in the end, my heart was telling me that this was the one to go with. And I think a lot of um, people that are not just Palestinian or Arab American can relate to this title because our names have a deeper meaning and we may forget that here um, in the u.s because it's considered different or foreign Mm -hmm. and so it's good for kids to see that their names have a deep meaning and that they should be really proud of what they were named yeah um so what was so what does suddenly change you from you know having all these degrees (laughs) and you know being a lawyer uh, being like have a law degree and then path and then you randomly just went to author yeah um 
I don't know if it was random. I feel like it was kind of like a culmination of all my experiences so mm -hmm. far. So throughout all of these degrees, I've always had to write. I had to write a lot. Yeah. Um, the the random part maybe is children's book author. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's it was a challenge for me because I've written so much and so I'm very wordy. Mm -hmm. And with children's books, you have to make it. Uh, something like a, um, a deep message, but in a small amount of space. Yeah, it has to be concise. Yes, it was, it was very challenging. Um, but I think, so when I, when I, we talked about my student activism days, and then when I entered the real world, I kind of wanted to veer away from that. And I was trying to think of something, not veer away from activism, but mm -hmm. like the traditional activist role. And I had, realized as I got older that I don't have to be a traditional activist in order to fight for what I believe in. Mm -hmm. uh, I really think that we can be an activist in any profession that we're in, in any setting. And the key is to educate people mm -hmm. in any setting that you're in. And so when I was thinking, what can I do? I thought I wanted to do something that would be long lasting and have a strong impact. And kind of like a Sadaqa Jaria yeah. that would just be out there in the world. And I thought of a children's book and I, I actually started researching it, but at the time I was not a mom. Okay. And so something was just not inspiring the words to come out. Mm -hmm. And then when I became a mom, I don't know, one day it just hit me and I wrote the intro and then the ending in one sitting. And I was like, oh my God, I have a book. I'll be done in a week. It took me a year, wow. <laughs> but, but I don't know, something came, came over me. I don't know mm -hmm. what it was, but I really wanted my kids to have something that they could turn to where they see themselves in a book and mm -hmm. where they see their culture and their people being portrayed positively in a positive light. And also where they get to read an actual indigenous perspective, mm -hmm. um, a book that's coming from our voice, not from somebody else speaking for us. So all those things culminated into the book that we have today. So you mentioned that you that when you had a child, it mm -hmm. inspired you to actually write a children's book. So does that mean when your child grows up and becomes a teenager, will you write a teenage book? Like could have like a novel? I don't know. I it's <laughs> <laughs> um, like following the pattern. Right? I've thought about it, but even though children's books are challenging, I feel like they're easier for me to manage. Um, I, I've written my whole life, but I mm -hmm. don't consider myself a writer. Um, so it, it could be a new challenge that I take on. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Allahu alam what the future will bring. Well, I want to give you this last moment uh, to, you know, give talk to the audience to you what, they, what you want them to do, what <laughs> you inspire them. Um, if I was to give like any parting advice yeah. in general in life, I would say uh, what I've learned along the way is to always think about your intentions for why you're doing something mm -hmm. and to constantly self-reflect. It's, it's, it's never ending. You don't stop the self-reflection. So self-reflect along the way. And also a really big piece of advice is try not to compare yourself to others. Um, don't look at somebody else's journey and assume that yours has to be the same, even if you're pursuing the same field or the, the same um, goal or whatever you're pursuing. Don't look at somebody else and think that you have to do that. 
Uh, everybody has their own unique circumstances that led that led them to where they are. Mm. So just really try and focus on yourself and on your circumstances and why you want to do something. And remember that somebody else's success is not your failure and somebody else's failure is not your success. And just really just focus on yourself. It's, it's better for you mentally, spiritually, all of that. And also, um, yeah, I, I, another in, in line with the focusing on yourself is don't look for approval from outside sources, from external sources. The only approval that we need in this life is from Allah. So as long as you're doing something um, with the right intentions and uh, focusing on what you want to put out in society, uh, then you should only care about approval from Allah. Because a lot of times I think we get caught up like, oh, did I win that award? Or, oh, did somebody recognize that I did this? Or, oh, did whoever talk about me here? You know, you, mm -hmm. you're, you're human. You yeah. wonder that. So just try and always rein yourself in and remember that we don't need validation from anybody else but God. That would be my main piece of advice. Thank you. That was amazing advice. Thank you for coming <laughs> yeah. along. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me.